guys. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, King Cobra. I'm Letha. I'm Nina. And Netflix synopsis, Miguel helps Johnny craft the perfect social media message. Grease scouts new recruits while Daniel and Amanda try to shut down Cobra Kai. And fail. And fail. I mean, did we spoil it? Did we, did we, uh... I think we all knew they'd fail. Yeah. You can't take out a Grease It's Episode like 6. Um... <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, where do we start? we got to take it all the way back. We want to start with Vietnam? 60s, man. I mean, okay. We're so. in a war. You can't fight a land war in Asia. <laughs> A.K.A. the only thing I learned in high school about oh, Vietnam. Um, so, Crease, back in his days as a, uh, a soldier in the Vietnam War, like... He's still soft, you know. He's got his, his photo of his girlfriend, Betsy... Yeah, sure, Something. Betsy. Um, and he's like, he, I don't know, there's a nice thing where, like, uh, he's looking at a picture of Betsy that she mailed him, and these two other recruits are, are, like, laughing at him. But, like, it's you expect in this show this to lead to some, like, crazy brawl, but, like, these guys are just, you know, they're just, like, being assholes, but not in, like, an over-the-top way. Um, Increase like, and, and you know, they're, they're like, uh, there's a guy with a ponytail who I immediately was like, Terry Silver. And then there's a, a I'm guy. I'm tired of this, these writers. You feel like you're being pulling silver Pulling at my heart strength. Yes. Yeah. They did this shit with Allie too. They did. They, they did. Know they know hair. what they're doing. Cause there's, there's the guy with the ponytail and we all know that Terry Silver's calling card is his stupid fucking ponytail. And then there is. <laughs> it's an amazing ponytail. Yeah. Then there's like a scrawny guy named Twig or he's called Twig. And, like, they're, they're like, laughing at, uh, you know, oh, look, it's your girl. Tell her to send me one, too. But, like, again, they're not, like, you can tell that there's, like, some camaraderie between them. And then um, Kreese gets called to meet with, like, some higher up who essentially, like, recruits him to be a Green Beret. And it's clear is going to teach him not karate, like, um, taekwondo, I think. Hand-to-hand combat. Right, hand-to-hand combat. But, like, this guy's, like, I learned to fight like the enemy during the Korean War when I learned taekwondo in Korea. And it's, like... You're in Vietnam? Whatever. Yes. Okay. Uh, sure. The guy, Master Kim Soon Young, who uh, Terry Silver brought up in Karate Kid Part 3. That's right, actually. Yeah. Yep. Continuity much. Um, yeah. I, I like that about the show creators. They clearly have a lot of love for the source material. Yeah. And I like that we've seen these movies recently enough where it's like, oh, yeah, we callbacks. We know what they're doing. And like, okay. So we have, like, a lot of, like, there's a lot of crease in this episode with past crease and present crease. And, like, okay. Let's I know it. we're going to feel differently about this. I know this. But <laughs> I'm going to lay it out. So we see crease, like, learning karate or kung fu, right? It's got to be. Um, taekwondo. Sorry, taekwondo. Kung fu is Chinese. Um, and we see, uh, you know, we see that he and his, his two buddies are, you know, they're all Green Berets now, and they're going on missions, and, like, um, we see, like, a crucial mission in Kreese's life where, like, uh, the ponytailed guy is planting a bomb. The enemy has, like, uh, like they're coming, and, like, you know, like, his, his commander is like, blow it up now, but he doesn't want to blow up Ponytail, right? He wants to wait for Ponytail to escape. Um, and if you remember Karate Kid 3, which, of course, we do, mm-hmm. like, verbatim, you know that, like, uh, Terry Silver says that, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm so grateful because Kreese saved my life during the war. So, like, you're immediately thinking, like, somehow, like, Kreese is going to save this guy. But, no, what ends up happening is that he delays, um, Ponytail gets captured, and so does Kreese, so does their commanding officer, so does everybody. Um, and then, like, you're still thinking that, like, Kreese is going to, like, karate his way out of it somehow, or something's going to happen. But what happens is that uh, Ponytail gets shot in the head, 
thus putting to rest any theories that he is Terry Silver. Yeah, he learns a powerful lesson and about showing mercy, the pitfalls. I, I guess. I mean, he didn't really show mercy so much as he was trying to, like, not kill his friend, but I guess the powerful lesson of disobeying orders, right? Showing weakness. Showing or weakness? Or empathy or, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. Oh, and also a good revelation is that... Um, you know, the the twig, the twig, the scrawny guy is like, oh my god, I messed up. It's my fault he's dead. It's my fault we're all going to die. And his commanding officer shouts, shut up, Silver. And we all gasp. I, I honestly didn't, I can't believe I was so duped. Damn you, show writers. I was thinking in my head that, like... He looks like, nothing like Terry Silver. Well, you know, he'll grow into the ponytail, but, like... Or he will grow a ponytail and then grow into it, I suppose. He was 27 in that movie. I am at... I know, Jesus. <laughs> I am actually so glad because it's like one of the one of the lazy things that like people do in TV and movies is like, how do we show people that it is a young version of this character? Why, of course, he'll have a ponytail. He's obviously sported the same hairstyle all his life, right? You like, know, like if we ever see an old Robbie, he's going to have the same Jonathan Taylor top. Right, and like if you saw a baby who was supposed to be Robbie... He would have, like, that sure. long Jonathan Taylor Thomas yeah. hair. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, a lazy thing that shows do. Like, Cobra Kai, I'm sorry that I did not think better of you. Um, I'm glad that at the end you kind of pulled the rug out from underneath us with the Terry Silver thing. But And that works for me, but, okay, this is the part we're going to disagree on. Crease in this episode, like, it's very jarring to see young Crease, who is, like, I know he's learning lessons about, like, or at, Maybe it's about showing mercy. To me, it seems more like in war you follow orders over, like, your own conscience. Like, right, that seems to be the lesson that he's learning somehow. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Like, I, like, that's, you know, it's a realistic soldier story, right? And actually, young Kreese strikes me as, like, a realistic character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's not, he's a little soft, but he's, like, you know, he's a good soldier and all that. Old Kreese is, like, a cross between a soap opera star and a Bond villain, so you're like, what this doesn't work for me just because it's like you've got young crease who is like a real person and then old crease who's like swanning around and pouting <laughs> constantly and like also like i like in his sorry I, I like in his war with the larussos he does things like you know amanda goes to file a restraining order against him but finds that crease has filed one first because after all she came to his place of business and hit him right and so you have this man who's like very savvy with like and and smart and cunning with the real world but at the same time he gets out of other problems just like by beating his way out of them and it's just like oh and in the last season lest we forget he was like a homeless man so it's like is he a mastermind or is he like <laughs> mentally ill or is he, what is he god i think it's like the you know how in horror movies like the the villains or the monsters take on these like almost supernatural powers and i feel like it's weird. I mean, we joke a lot about crease crunching numbers and like running those invoices through. But mm -hmm. I, yeah, there is a kind of like strange. I know there's 30 years have elapsed since the war, and you know, crease did anything. A lot of shit could have happened. He could have gone to law school. He could have gotten his secretary's degree or whatever. I don't know. But I do think like. I don't know that he was ever actually homeless. I'm going to say right now. Oh my I God. think I think Terry Silver has been kind of bankrolling him through his hard times. So you think and, he was faking being homeless to like tug on Johnny's heartstrings? I mean, a lot of stuff just doesn't add up. Like, how does he have the resources to... Like, I just don't feel like... I feel like if you were actually homeless, you wouldn't be like lurking around this dojo. You'd be like, well, I got to take care of some immediate needs there. 
And I don't know, just the way the story is going. I maybe he had a couple of rough years, but I feel like Terry Silver probably got him on his feet pretty quickly. And now it's like he's made this grand return. But we just don't know how he spent his time in the last 30 years. I just it is kind of jarring. Like the young crease they're saying is like he used to be whatever a normal guy and idealistic sort of and willing to show mercy and and then maybe we're gonna get like three more flashbacks that like piece together the rest of his art i feel like nothing can just because like he's not a realistic character in present day and then like so it's weird because the flashbacks actually make it worse because while i like them i actually like the actor they have playing young crease that's his son martin Cove's son no he's good i like him he's great it's weird doesn't doesn't um, young Crease have brown eyes? And then I think old Crease has blue eyes. I feel Am like I you wrong? spend more time staring into Crease's eyes than I do. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I'm hard to miss, guys. I mean, just anyway. To the Cove family, I'd like to say it's weird that like the son can act and the, the father can't. That's crazy. Crease right? is going to murder you. I this, mean, okay. No, I, I'm saying your These son is a we really be. good actor. I was honestly thinking like he brings like such a. It's, like, not over the top. It's, like, a nice energy and, and all that. Like, where he... It just, like... He doesn't have to do much or say much for you to, like, get a sense of, like, who he is. He's, like, a like basically show, decent person. For it to be as fun as it is, there needs to be at least one character that's committed to, like, some scenery-chewing action. Yeah. Everyone just... Especially in season three, everyone takes themselves so seriously that I think, like, we're almost surprised when there's these moments of lightness. Like, you know, like, Johnny... Some essential element of Johnny like he still cracks jokes and stuff but he doesn't have that season one energy where he's just like I'm kind of a dork or whatever I don't know I feel like that's largely missing and but from Crease at least is consistent where it's like whatever he's putting his cigar out in Bond's eyes there's like no dramatic arc maybe the flashbacks are complicating this a little bit but I'm sort of curious where they're going with this because we've only gotten two so far and we're like okay he was bullied he's in Vietnam he's gotten this these kind of two big events and there's also that scene where his commanding officer intercepts i guess a a letter from betsy yeah and he was like he's like you know we can't let him see it he he can't be distracted i assume she's breaking up with him um and the thing is it's like all of this is backstory a dear john letter yeah it's a dear john Whoa. whoa whoa um also crease is also a johnny but anyways like I, I just think it's weird because it's like this if these flashbacks can you know they're all like building up this like this is how somebody turns into like somebody who shows no mercy et cetera et cetera it's like a realistic backstory of a realistic villain but Crease is not a realistic villain Crease is like a guy who like he trolls his mustache time and space I mean like he gets contacts he like yeah Crease is basically like this is like a like this is basically like oh. We're telling a story like The Godfather. This is how Michael Corleone becomes The Godfather. But Kreese, like, in present day, isn't The Godfather. Kreese is, like, a Bond villain, bring, like, building, like, a weird gold island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or something. what's wrong with that? But you, you can't mix those two things. I say, where's the rule? See, I knew we'd disagree on this. I knew you'd be like, yes. I'm sorry, but... Okay, we're, we're jumping around a bit, but, but let's go. Let's go to the. I mean, we're we're practically there, like the crease present day plot. Okay, right? Yeah. So, um, if we talk about kind of want to like loop back to Amanda and mm-hmm. Daniel. So Amanda, 
I hate Daniel so yeah. much. Daniel and comes then, home in one of the most obnoxious scenes that I've seen in a he while. He says the conquering hero, and it's like, God, he's back on his bullshit again. Right? I knew it. I knew it. And and weirdly, he remembers Anthony. He brings back a gift for both Anthony and Sam, and he's talking and about Sam's his gift is better. Magical but... memory. Yeah, of course. Uh, his magical memories in Okinawa. He's probably not talking about Kumiko and mm. their hands grazing or whatever and their Zen garden nights. But whatever. Amanda's like got bigger problems and she like quickly catches him up. And I love how Amanda's just like, okay, enough about your trip memories. We got like our, our children are spinning out of control. There's like this karate war and crease and. And we're going to end it and we are going to end it my way. Like. By going to the police. I remember last last episode, you were talking a lot about police intervention, Lotha. Would you like to... <sighs> I mean, as a stand-in for Amanda. All right. Am I? Well, am I sometimes? I guess so. <sighs> I am, I'm Amanda, who is like, come on, guys. Like, enough is enough. What, like, you know, Daniel's like, I'm going to go over there. And it's like, what? You're going to, like, kick his ass? Like, come on now. So she's going to the police. The only... Nina, Nina. The only reason is that it doesn't work is because Crease is more Amanda than Amanda. Like Crease is always one step ahead. It's just, I mean, this is like this is the thing that drives me crazy. It's like show, figure out who you think Crease is, because like she goes in. He's a mastermind, a legal mastermind. He's a legal mastermind, a financial mastermind, a karate mastermind. It, it, there's oh, like uh, an emotional manipulation, psychology mastermind. There's no end. What are you saying? You can only be good at one thing. I'm sorry. That's I keep very, trying to put him in a box. That's don't very I? Very reductive. Like I, that, I okay? am reductive. I. Let you're right. Chris live. Well, Chris lives. She wants him to be just some dumb army grunt. But guess what, guys? He's doing those invoices by <sighs> himself. And he, it turns out, of course, that, he's an excellent uh, tenant. He's an excellent tenant. He filed, he filed the restraining order and, like, yeah, uh, against Amanda first. So, like, when she goes in to do one, like, it's, 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 it's a nice little thing that doesn't make any sense with who they've established Crease is. But you know what? Okay, fine. Whatever. And then at this point, like, the police officer, you know, when, like, you know, Daniel's like, why do you believe him? He's a crazy person. And I like that the police officer's like, seems like he's a Vietnam vet. Mental health is a real stigma. And, you know, what's funny is it's very clear that Crease has issues from the Vietnam War. But instead of, like, having, like, the kind of mental health stigma that, you know, would, like, have, like, consequences for his life. It's only made him more of a mastermind, which is crazy. Um, like, Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, instead of having, like, you know, PTSD or something, he's just, like, he somehow can, like, read minds. And, you he know. He had to be scrappy to survive. Oh, my and God. I don't so, know. yeah. So, anyways, like, so Amanda's like, okay, well, let's elevate this to the next level of real-world retaliation. And that's when we get to see the return of Armand strip mall landlord I'm very at excited to see Armand I've really missed him in fact of the bit characters he was probably my favorite because I think he has just this kind of natural unctuous landlord vibe and really good comedic timing he got kicked out of uh, the country club um, that he belonged to Daniel because he, he kept peeing in the shower yeah yeah they're all just pipes <laughs> yeah I mean, well I mean how do you feel about Amanda kind of essentially resorting to Daniel tactics I think I like it because it's like the reason why it was so egregious that Amanda, that Daniel was doing that in the first season is that Johnny had not done anything except start a dojo called Cobra Kai. Like, it's not like the Cobra Kai's like were really anything, but like a ragtag bunch of losers back then. And Daniel basically like hatched this real estate scheme to get rid of him because, just because, 
You know, because he could, because he was a rich dude, like, throwing so around his money. you're saying now there are stakes because now they're there going stakes. after teens. Now there are stakes, and, like, you know, like, Dimitri had his arm broken, and, like, uh, Sam is, like, a wreck. Like, and, you know, that that's, this is sort of like, yeah, now there are stakes. And I don't know how I feel about Daniel. you're using Daniel. a real-world tactic. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Daniel and Amanda joining forces. I kind of, I kind of hope that, like, it almost, like, validates Daniel's war against Cobra Kai, etc. Because I think initially the show was playing with like okay, Daniel's being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And now it's like Crease's I guess through Crease's influence, the kids are actually like actually doing harm and Right stuff. So it's like, oh man, I don't want Daniel to be right. I mean, he's right because Crease is in charge, right? Like and also this again goes back to like, is Crease good for the show? I don't know. Like sometimes Sometimes I think, like, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, the... He's a foil. So it's like like when we start talking about Hawk's kind of journey. <laughs> you know, I don't think we would see changes in, in some of these Cobra Kai teens without the Kree selling Right, and like... I'm wondering, like, I don't know. Because sometimes, like, you know, where the show is going, like, with Cobra Kai getting, like, meaner and darker and everything, I don't necessarily mind it. it could, sometimes it's interesting, you know. But, like, it's also, like... I I don't know. Like, it makes you imagine, like, if it wasn't Crease, if there wasn't a Crease in the show, what would be the source of conflict? Because, like, it does seem like, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, because at the end of the day, when you have Crease in the mix, Daniel is right. You know? I think Crease does two things. He's he's kind of stoking the war between Daniel and Johnny, but he's also is repairing he? some of the... Yeah, he's doing both, because it's like... Johnny's not even, like, in the picture. I know, but this is, like, season two, I'm thinking. Mm. Like... I think Cobra Kai seemed to be a genuine threat, but that was only because Kreese was briefly, you know, in the mix and Johnny was sort of under his wing. And then when Johnny got away, it's like Daniel's going to realize, oh, this is entirely Kreese's doing. And yeah. so I think it's good for that. It's it's a it's an essential plot point. And anyway, the entire show is just fan service. So <laughs> I think we kind of need to see... I mean, we needed some crease. I wonder if this is perhaps peak crease, too much crease. But, you know, he, because, like, yeah, again, I, I can't get a handle over who this guy is because, like, um, so. I want to see, well, I mean, while we're talking about flashbacks, I mean, do you think we'll probably get one or two more? Probably one explaining the link between him and Terry Silver, like how Terry Silver goes from being this like scared. No, we we don't really need to see that. Like we got it. Like he's a soldier. War changes him. I get it. Like really, I mean, I know you want more Terry, but like, no, you don't need to actually say anything else. He got the ponytail. Um, Okay. He waited until his hair grew. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it takes, guys. It's all in the hair. But Um, yeah, like uh, with Kreese, like, the next, um, the next scenes with him, like after uh, the LaRussos decide to do this real estate thing, they say they'll double what what Trace is paying. Well, basically, they're doubling what Armand is getting, and then Armand is also free to rent out the space. So triple dip, yeah. And like, obviously, he takes that. He goes to evict Crease. And Chris is like, no. And then, like, he brings in, like, two goons who are his nephews who are, like, gigantic. And then Chris is like, I just got the blood out of the mat. And, like... The way this ends, I was so mad. I You heard me. Like, it just, it ends with, that, like, you know, Armand is, like, telling the LaRussos, no, the deal is off. I can't evict this guy. And, like, obviously his his goons have been, like, beaten to a pulp by Crease. And it's like, I'm sorry, Nina. We still live in a society with rules. And, like, 
if you evict someone legally, like the and like they don't comply with it, there are tenant rules. I'm not sure what LAs are, but like I love this. Well, no, it's but, like Judge Judy. Well, okay. First of all, like, yeah, what Armand was doing, like, you can't evict someone with no notice if there's any kind of, like, tenant rules. Although, it's like a, it's a commercial lease. It's not a residential lease, so it's probably a bit more leeway there. I imagine that it would be more like you'd have to give him, like, 30 days notice. And then if he doesn't leave, like, the, then you can get the cops to enforce that notice. I want to see, so the next episode is clearly going to be Crease in Tenants Court. <laughs> I want to be Tenants Court! I mean, Please, God! That is the thing. It's like, okay, well, he saw, like, with the Amanda filing a restraining order against her thing, like, you see he's, like, a savvy operator who knows how to use the system for his own ends. I told you he got his LLM in Panama, didn't I Clearly he got his LLM in Panama. But then with this, it's like, he's using street justice to file a tenant, like, to, to, like, uh, do a tenant dispute? That doesn't make any sense, Nina. Not the spiraling guys. I'm spiraling. I, ha- I have to bring her back. I am creasing Cre- out. God. Crease has pushed her to the edge. Her keen legal mind is on the case. Who is he? We're going to circle back. What is he? <laughs> um, Let's talk about the Cobra Kai recruits because okay. there's some rich text there. Unfortunately, we. I mean, Crease is kind of like egging on these new teens. He's He's been busy. Like I will say, in terms of growing the business... I feel like Johnny's always been kind of the reluctant business owner. He's like a sensei first, but he doesn't, you know, know much about running a successful dojo. But it's weird because you think, well, I mean, it's like Crease ostensibly is like, this is just some insane revenge plot. Against who? I don't know. But I mean, I'm just saying he's not like trying to pay his bills. No, because he like actually like keeps like he keeps expelling students from the dojo. Like, you know, like, oh, you didn't feed that mouse to that snake you're gone you know and like in this episode when he brings in new recruits the idea is that like you know if a new recruit beats like somebody who's a, a an og cobra kai then the new recruit gets their spot I on mean, the this team is kind of that's yeah. not how businesses work all roads lead back to crease i guess no. because now it seems like the maybe the war flashbacks are just supposed to provide some context the fact that he sees this as a war and recruiting as a war and like it's all just this giant military metaphor so he needs to like weed out the weak people right i mean which is great except all things that we've seen, I know it all it all leads back to Crease. We have not seen that Crease is actually mentally ill. In fact, he seems like very savvy about everything. But like, who is this war with? Like he understands this isn't a real war, right? Like what? Like it's a guerrilla war. Ah. No IDs. Anyway, um I think this the next scene with the new recruits is it, there's just a lot going oh, on. There's First a lot. of all, yeah. New recruit includes one Kyler. Ah, so I yay. I love this. I mean, we talk a lot about deranged Crease stuff, but the scene where Crease is just lurking in the high school watching high school wrestling match with, I guess, nobody bats an eye, which yep. is hilarious because, you know, this fallout from the karate riot or whatever, it seems like the high school is on high alert. And yet Crease, who is, I'm sure they know that he's like, still running this dojo right like isn't he affiliated with some i don't know how they wouldn't have cracked down on that but whatever he sort of he's lurking around high school sports matches so he can recruit aggressive looking students yeah and athletic looking students i guess which kyler is like in the middle of throwing someone on the mat and i i said they didn't really yeah i was happy to see him and they don't really waste a lot of time with um i guess 
his pitch to Kyler. Kyler's just like, I got nothing to do. I've been in... Has he just been hanging out in the wrestling room for, I mean, like, the last year? To be honest, it's a little confusing because the last we saw Kyler, like, he was, like, like basically running away from Miguel because, like, you know, Miguel had beat him up that memorably that one time. So it's kind of interesting that it's like, oh, I guess, like, uh, he actually probably didn't need to do that because Kyler's, like, Kyler seems like he's got some, some skills, you know, he's yeah, a wrestler. interesting. Well, I mean, I just wonder if this is, like, the place for aggressive boys and girls, you know? Hmm. This is, like, where you go and you want to, like, beat someone up. That's so true. I Everybody mean, needs a place to go It's a natural that. home for natural bullies. That's and that's true. where Kyler and Kyler's big friend, who doesn't... So many people just don't get a name. Like, when right. we were watching that scene, we were like, all of these Cobra Kai teens, like, half of them don't have a name. Some of them have a nickname. But really, it's like we pick out Hawk... And that other guy. That other guy who's been around a while, but I can't remember his name. But he gets completely beaten bloody in this. Um, But anyway, we get to the new recruits. And initially, Hawk, who... I like this because it's like, I'm tired of aggro Hawk. I mean, like, he's still aggro, but he's... After that last episode where he broke Dimitri's arm, I'm like, I need to see a new side of you. We are seeing his soft underbelly for the first time in a long time. Like, you know, when... He, you know, when, like, everybody in, in the Cobra Kai's is sort of congratulating him for, like, breaking Dimitri's arm. Like, yeah, that, that that beta on the ground. Yeah, they call him a beta, which is, like, incel language. Right? I, I guess they're all former incels now. I don't know. But, Current like... incels. Yeah, and then Tori's like, I didn't think you'd actually do it. And, oh, um, shut up, Tori. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, whatever. She was egging him on, and then he he's just like... Yeah, well, we had to do it for what Miguel did to us. Or what, sorry, uh, no, for what they did to Miguel, which is like, okay, sure, dude, whatever. Um, But we see that he still feels, like, uncertain about it. And then he sees Kyler come in the room, and he has flashbacks to Kyler bullying about his lip. And, like, you know, Kyler is sort of, like, Hawk's origin story. Yeah, exactly. If you think about, like, you have all these OG bullies and first loves and powerful things happen in high school that stay with you. Mm -hmm. Then it makes sense that, you know, Sam is still shook from her encounter with Tori. And, like, even if she's dart Sam now, that's, she's, she's it's not going to just move over it. And then I think, yeah, Hawk has had this kind of renaissance where he has been able to make, like, a clean start in Cobra Kai until his old bully comes back. And if you remember, like, Miguel had maybe a couple episodes of being bullied as a new kid, but then quickly became a karate rock star. Yeah. And so... He's like, whatever, Kyler, and Kyler, but Kyler just remembers him as Lip, you know? Yep. And it's it's really good to see that. Like, not not good, but it's just sort of like, you're right. We haven't seen another side of Hawk in a long time, and we see this, like, uncertainty, like, having this guy back, you know, and he's like, he tells Kreese, like, I don't think these guys are Cobra Kai material, and Kreese says, oh, it's so devastating. He's like, well, we they're natural athletes, something that we really need, which is just like, Boom. I know it's almost like you nature versus nurture. You can't mm-hmm. really outrun the fact that you were kind of a scrawny picked on kid. And mm-hmm. it's actually interesting because do you think Kreese thought of himself as a natural athlete before I mean, he joined the army? He was not really a scrawny kid. Like, you know, we saw him like in that first episode, like he wasn't weak. Like he was like able to like fight those guys and like he was just it's more just like he was, like, down on his luck and, like, financially, like, in a bad place than it was that he was, like, scrawny. And, like, so I, I don't know if he has, like, that much of a... Like, Johnny could remember being, like, sort of a wussy kid, like, a bit. But, like, I don't think Kreese exactly has, has that issue. He relates more to people like Tori, who was, who was probably never, like, picked on. But, 
you know, has other things in her life that right. didn't go right. But like, yeah. So I don't think he, I don't think he sees himself in Hawk. I, I, he sees himself in Tori, not Hawk. And like, um, yeah, that it's really, it's really interesting just like seeing like the, uh, like these Cobra Kai's, which by the way, I don't know about this, Nina. None of the original Cobra Kai's are like left except for Hawk, right? Like the. Yeah, maybe that makes sense though, because part of it was like, we were like, what is drawing people to this shitty dojo where you're, like, traumatized? Like, I mean, it makes sense for, it's like a place for wayward teens and stuff, but I don't think wayward teens want to be tortured, so it's maybe, like, it makes sense that Johnny's style, while rough, but was still sort of useful. They're still learning karate, and they're not being, like, hazed as much, and then once Johnny left, like, probably took a lot of people had dropped out right. after the karate riot. So it makes sense that it's like, it's all these weirdos. It's, it's all like these people we've misfits. never seen. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're not, are they weirdos or misfits? I don't even get the sense like who they are anymore. Cause it's well, like, it's just If you sit through like two lessons with the crease under new management, like who's really going to stick around for this? Like right. there's nothing really appealing about his style except unless like you're Hawk who has like things Super to issues. prove. And like, yeah. yeah. And he like keeps kicking, like in this episode, uh, the student known as Assface within the dojo, who we, like, I should know his name, but I don't. I'm sorry. I love that because I was like, why can't I remember any of these people's names? And, and then, then you she, realize Hawk doesn't even remember his right, name. Right, shortly Assface. after Assface gets his ass handed to him. He gets kicked out of the dojo, and so he's gone. And, like, remember, like, Virgin gets kicked out because he won't feed the mouse to the rat. Aisha, like, transferred schools. Miguel, like, obviously is, like, half paralyzed. And it's just like... And Tori's apparently... Tori's back in the fold, well, and Tori's there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tori's just being an asshole. Um, so, but more on that later. But yeah, we, we do see, like, I thought that they were going to have Hawk fight Kyler. Um, but, you know, they don't. They have Kyler fight Assface. We know that's coming, though. Yeah. I mean, we know that's coming. I'm glad they didn't blow their load immediately. And then... Um, Kyler's being a dick, though. I love that they didn't change that essential yeah. quality of him. I mean, by the way, like, I I said this so many times from the first season, and I'll say it again right now. Kyler is so important for Asian-American representation. That's because Lotha is a bully. <laughs> Where are the Asian bullies, guy? And I, I, I want to say that he actually looks like a realistic bully. And he's Asian. It's great. Like, he's just this Asian dude who looks like he would be really scary in a high school hallway. And you know what? I salute you. Asians can truly do anything. Um... Yeah, it was heartwarming, especially since, but even Kyler... I mean, I remember as a little Asian kid, nobody let me be a bully. You know, they didn't think I could, but now the doors are open. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on with your legitimate (laughs) point. It's fine. I'm just glad we've moved on from tenants court. Not that I'm not for tenants. I'm for tenants' rights, guys. I want to see you never ditch crease, huh? I wouldn't. It's not, it's not fair. Anyway, he's, he pays his rent on time. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, God. wait, where, where did Sorry, we it's, it's so hard to move on from these Oh, things. yeah. Um, Hawk does end up fighting, like, I don't know, Kyler's big friend, and... Yeah, and it's, it's very, like, Hawk is most terrifying, I think, when someone gets him on the defensive, and he's, he's reminded of his old self. Yep, and he has That's to... the worst side of Hawk, and you know it's coming, because Kyler is smirking, and, like, you know, he's still got this image of kind of Eli Moskowitz um and he's like uh, and you can tell like Hawk is on the defensive like you said and he he is the most insecure and uncertain Hawk that we've seen in a while he rips his gi off 
And, yeah, and he uh, we we get treated to the full hawk tattoo on his back and like a Grim Reaper tattoo on his chest. Do you think he chest. removed his moon tattoo? Yeah, I think he turned into the Grim Reaper. That's what the sickle is. Oh, that makes so much sense. My God, you are so fucking lame, Hawk. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a little much. Oh, dude. it's a bit much, but yeah, it's weird because it's like when he's fighting like that big dude. It is the first time in a really long time I've kind of rooted for Hawk. Like I did. I was like, I did not want him to see his. It's weird, right? Because it's like he like is such a psychopath, and he broke the arm of his former best friend in like the last episode. But I did not want to see him like humiliated in front of Kyler. Well, which is it? Are you pro Kyler or are you pro Hawk? I. You gotta Shoot. choose a side. I mean, I was honestly like, if I saw them fight, I don't know who I would be rooting for. I we know that's coming. Maybe probably. for everyone to have a good time. Yeah. So I mean. Think about this, love. Think long and hard. I will, because I, I, where do my loyalties lie? Team Hawk. I don't um, know, but, like, I was actually rooting for him against, like, that bully, and then, of course, like, at the end, he's like, oh, God, he won't stop punching him, and, like, his fists are bleeding. I love that Tyler's like, bro, even I got a line. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. It's like, Hawk, it's, you know, he always has something to prove, and that means he can go to truly terrifying lengths. And Crease is, like, smirking on the side, because Crease is just... Yeah, Chris just Kreese. wants the world to burn. He just wants the world to burn. Maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe that is his character at the end that's of the day. That's not even, like, the craziest thing Chris does. But, yeah, Chris has blood all over the mat, and he's like, this is fine, sure. Um, just another normal lesson. I honestly can't believe that, like, there wasn't just mass walkouts. Like, Yeah, like, who are you people, you kids, who I don't recognize Again, and, anymore? It, and it, it doesn't really make sense, because they made it seem like after season, or after the first episode... That the entire town had turned on, I guess, karate. Karate itself, but I guess maybe they just turned on Miyagi Do because Which, I guess a Miyagi Do student. Grace is also thing. like a master PR specialist. Yeah, among his other talents. Yeah, he's and got so that. he was like pinned all the blame on Miyagi Do, and and I guess karate is fine as long as it's under this. And all these parents are totally still paying for their kids to have lessons at Cobra Kai where they sometimes come home with, like, bloody fists. But, you know, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah, but I, I, other other than that, I liked this subplot. I was... I, I they, don't know. You, I think... I'm just a little concerned. It's like they keep pushing Hawk to these darker and darker extremes. And it's like, at the point where they decide to turn it all around, is it too late? Has he done too much crazy shit for us to really, like, be like, okay. Like, I, I mean, I know just from the way the plotting is that they're probably going to bring Dimitri and Hawk back together as friends. But, like... You think so? I, I think so. I mean, I feel like... I thought so just, before the last episode, but now I'm just Yeah, like, I really think, like, this is not something that any normal person would be able to forget when you're, like, begging your old yeah. friend and they break your arm anyway. But I feel like that's where they're going with this. Like, something is going to happen where either Hawk finally, like, gets thrown out of Cobra Kai, like, Kreese does something, um, but... I mean, I wonder. I, I really do. I it's... think it's going to happen by the end. Like, they're they're sort of hinting at, like, a Cobra Kai um, and maybe Johnny Lawrence's former students kind of, like, teaming up to throw yeah. Kreese out of town. Which kind of brings us to our... Um, our... Miguel and Johnny with a side of a little bit of Tori. That, yeah. that, that plot. There's just so many. I feel like they left a lot of bit characters out in season two. And and now in season three, it just feels like, whoa, we're getting everybody back. And 
it's cool. I think now the show's kind of found its rhythm and I feel like we're getting the right amounts of, of people. So we see the old landlord and yeah. Um, so Miguel's training with Johnny, always a delight. He's like strapped up to some sort of harness. Um, and he's Johnny, trying to stand. It's not working out very well. Yeah. Your legs are still pussy. Ah, so good. Such a great line. What a good line. Um, Johnny, um, they take a break and Miguel spots that Johnny has received a message from one Ali Mel Schwarber. And who... he has uh, crafted a response that is like 80 pages long and in all caps. Okay, let's talk about what Ali wrote to Johnny, which if I recall correctly, is a paragraph just saying, yo, uh, how you been? Um... Well, I mean, it's, really a, generic. it's a little more sincere. We're just like, yeah, how are you, how are you doing? It's been so long since I've seen you. Um, really grateful for my family, et cetera, et cetera. Like, how are you? I don't know. It's weird. We used no, to see she, each other every day and, and I don't she, know anything about I you. I remember this now. She opens with a line about how the 80s were the best and the music, the music was the best, which is a true statement. Oh I do God. think the music was the it's best. It's like you wrote this. It was just... But I, I mean, I disagree entirely about the high school thing, but... Um, <laughs> It's weird because it seems like the kind of line that would be like to exactly prime to tug at Johnny's heart because like he talks or yours, about this, but yeah, whatever. We're all in love with Allie, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> it just doesn't really. I don't know. Hey, Thirty man. years from high school, maybe people are feeling nostalgic, but it doesn't really seem like a Allie thing. Like I feel like Allie's the kind of person to be like sup, and it's weird because yeah, she writes a fairly like sincere message like. What are you up to? And yeah, you think she's kind of like sincere. kicking the kicking the door open with her bit. force I mean, energy? Absolutely, it's like not. It's like a. It's just a paragraph, but it's a nice paragraph that seems to be genuinely interested in what he's doing. So like that's that's cool. Like she he, she wants an honest response, and like Miguel immediately sees this all caps monstrosity and is like, you not can't. Just that. Yeah, no. no, I love that it's this like all caps manifesto, and he's. He's also, like, gone through and liked all of her photos. Ah, Rookie move. He doesn't know netiquette, man. And this is, like, I am so glad that they have found, like, a way for Johnny and Miguel to hang out so that it's not constantly just Johnny trying to get Miguel to walk again. Yeah, you know there's what? no more fires being lit under this poor kid. Yeah, seat. it's like you realize, like, maybe they just, just, they don't, maybe they don't need to do that every episode. Maybe they just gotta hang out. Um, and, you know, Miguel is, is now the sensei teaching Johnny netiquette. Uh, you're not supposed to like every one of someone's photos. I love that Johnny's finally where we've all been overanalyzing his response. Right. And, you know, his emojis and what they say. and Yeah, uh, and, and Miguel is just like, well, you need some, your profile's pretty sparse. You need some real pictures. And uh, this led to, like, this cringy thing where, like, we see Johnny's old pictures, which are just horrifying. It's actually like, uncomfortable to It see was him. uncomfortable. It's so out of character because, you know, the thing that makes Johnny so endearing and the fact that, the way he's able to teach these teens is because he's basically like an arrested, he's like an adolescent. And so, yeah, you know, like that, that dream he had with him and Carmen, like rolling around on the floor <laughs> and oh, like so good. beers filling. That's who Johnny really is. And instead he's like, you know, eating sushi and like, you know, posing in front of art. And yeah, yeah it's a little weird. It's a little I weird. And like, Oh, also, like, he's, like, showing Miguel, like, his old pictures, like, he has from, like, I guess the 80s. And he's, the like, shirtless and, like, covered in baby oil. And I know. Like, I who's love... taking them? <laughs> That's crazy. People who grew up in the 80s 
Please explain. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's maybe just a throwback to the fact that Johnny or the actor was a heartthrob or something I in the guess. early 80s. I, think I, I actually fun. just felt uncomfortable like looking at those I photos. Don't, yeah. Those are, <laughs> oof. He's um, like, he's referencing baby oil. And Miguel is speaking for all of us, is rightfully horrified. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, yeah, and then, like, they have scenes where, like, they go to the art gallery, and Miguel's taking his photos, they go out for sushi, and Johnny act, I don't know, man, like, Johnny just, I would have liked it if he just ate the sushi and liked it, you know, like, instead of spitting it out, but, like, okay. I think there is a, yeah, no, I mean, but it's true to Johnny's character that he, so. like, I like what I like, and he is trying new things with being on the internet, right? Yeah, that's true. He's tried to get rid of that haunted Dell for years now. You know what? You're right. And he is already taking major strides in technology. If he can't do the same with cuisine, yeah. am, who am I to okay. say? I don't want him to turn into Daniel and enjoy sushi. I, I couldn't. I would blow my brains out. Honestly. I know. Just uh, but yeah, like it's just kind of like. At that point, I'm like, oh, man, like, Miguel just wants you to try something new. Do it for your karate son. I just think it's good that, like, you know, uh, they're really good for each other. They you are. You know, Miguel is, like, in a wheelchair feeling helpless and down, but, like, helping out, you know. Yeah, I like it that they're, they can still have adventures together that are not just about, like, Miguel being in a wheelchair. But, like, it, uh, Johnny goes to the bathroom because he just spit out a bunch of sushi, I guess. And Tori shows up. She works there during the day as a waitress. What did you think of this scene? Oh, I liked it. I liked it. It was... <sighs> Tori's such a piece of shit, man. Yeah, but she's a better actress than Sam, so I find yes. her more watchable. She's but... more watchable. but And, like, she's a piece of shit, but in an interesting way. Like, I, she, you know, when she's, like... She sits down with Miguel and is just like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't come to see you. Um, and she's like, but you know what? Like, Cobra Kai is doing everything it can to get revenge against uh, Miyagi Do and stuff. Because it's like when one of us gets hurt, it's like all of us get hurt. And Miguel's like, I was literally the only one who got yeah, hurt. Yeah, I really love that line. Yeah. Where he was like, I'm the only one who suffered, and you're fought, fighting this weird proxy war that he doesn't I didn't even, even care about. For. Yeah, like yeah, it's he, great. And I, I always thought, how did they? I don't know. It was like nice touchstone to their brief relationship because. You know, he was like, I, you know, all I cared about was you. And, and she was like, did you, you know, she brings up Sam and I don't know what they're trying to say. Well, he kissed Sam and all that. But like, yeah, I think it's just Tori, like pushing people away. She, nah, just on like, look, your boyfriend, I know you were like having a conflict with him, but your boyfriend is paralyzed and you don't come see him at the hospital. Yeah. Like you're a piece of shit person. You're a garbage person. I'm sorry. Like. That's that's all there is. I didn't realize that she had never like. I thought that like she was under she, house arrest or something. Her, I didn't realize that. What she said about feeling guilty, um, and that's why she stayed away. Which I think is yeah, plausible. actually that's pretty plausible. But like because I think that's kind of like Johnny staying away for a while because when you feel guilty, it's like well I fucked this up. Yeah, entirely. I mean that's the thing. It's like it's I'm not saying it is her fault. It's Robbie's fault. But like <laughs> it was the whole the whole brawl like was instigated by her. I can understand why she felt guilty, and I understand why she stayed away. In fact, I'm calling her a garbage person, but it's it's good storytelling. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. unrealistic. It's just uh, I think that like when Miguel calls her on and is like, so you, you did nothing. You never saw me. Like it. Like I feel like. Immediately, instead of like just like leaning into like, yep, I'm a garbage person and I'm sorry. She's like, well, you didn't, you cared about Sam more than me, which is like, girl, she's in a, he's she in a has wheelchair. No perspective, yeah, and it's kind of disappointing because I, I think we talked about how season two was disappointing because 
Sam has no dimension and Tori doesn't really have any dimension. So it's like, we, why should we care about this conflict? And then I guess they're trying to give Sam a personality in this. And I thought we like the whole point of providing backstories, like dedicating screen time to that is so we can like care about their motivations. But I feel like now they're just pulling back on Tori and it's like Tori is just uh, another minion in Kreese's war instead of like someone with her own right. kind of agency. And maybe that agency is just like, she can't see past her own yeah. weird issues, you know, with being abandoned and like, I mean, yeah, maybe that's, I don't, yeah, I, I go back and forth where it's just like, Oh my God, like you can't even, I, on the one hand, it's not unrealistic that if you feel guilty about something, you might like, you know, like, be like, well, what about the thing that you did? That was pretty bad, too, right? Right? Yeah, um, but, I mean, you but, have adults yeah. fighting like that, so I don't know, maybe... Maybe, maybe it is realistic. Maybe, like, I was hoping for more from Tori, but, like, anyways, she, like, get, she gets up and goes, and that leads to this really great thing. It has not been brought up yet that, like, by anybody, really, that, like, Johnny is not part of Cobra Kai anymore. Like, Johnny's been, like, doing his own thing, and... Miguel, like, yeah, and, like, he's, like, you know, telling Miguel, like, they're doing physical therapy again, and he's just, like, ah, get your mind off your ex. And Miguel gives him a good sensei talking to. I know, because you, you watch this, and you never see them really fight that often. Like, it, you know, Miguel was angry at him in the hospital scene, but that was only, that was quickly papered over. I really like when that happens, because that's how you know they have a kind of, like, a deeper bond mm-hmm. that they can, like fight it out and he says things like you're a pussy you walked away yeah and you abandon people and that stings but then they like just loop back and you know he, he truly brings out the best in johnny and i also like that he yells quiet when johnny's talking and it's just like well you know you you started something great it was cobra kai and then you left it in the hands of crease and you left you let people like tori and hawk think that you were like a pussy and like now they're all fucked up and and he's like, and you know, it all, it's, maybe it's hard to hear, but it also comes from this place of love where he's like, you're a sensei. That's who you are. And I know. It's oh, like, you know what? Who's the he, sensei now? He, exactly. He does what every, you know, as a classic friend, you're supposed to help your friend on the dating profiles distill their personality. And he does that. So it's like, it's such a neat arc. Like, Johnny helps him stand up for himself, literally. Yeah, because... Oh, just yelling at Johnny is so good for him because, like, by like suddenly, like Johnny's like, "Look at you!" He's like standing. He is yeah. able to stand because he is standing up or against. I don't know, Johnny. It's beautiful. Also, it's interesting, like the depth. Of this, like, they can yell at each other and fight it out, and it's fine. And they they both hug at the end. All of our hearts melt. Yeah. I counter that to like his last scene with Robbie, where it's like they're yelling at each other, and like he's just like well, I guess you don't like me. And he just kind of stalks off. Like, he's not willing to stick it out for Robbie. You know, if Robbie's not, like, just eternally grateful. Oh. And it's kind of sucks. It's like, Miguel gets to, like, get out some of his anger, and he doesn't have to, he's not going to spook Johnny away. Whereas it's like, Robbie understands on some level, like, he's got nothing. I mean, all, all things considered, he's just closer to Miguel. Like, they know each other better. Like, he and Robbie don't really know each other. It is Johnny's fault. Yep, nope, totally, like, with Robbie on this. But, like, yeah, they don't really know each other well. So when they, like, say, like, hurtful things to each other, there's nothing else to fall back on. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's... But, yeah, their their relationship's always been, like, a, a nice thing. And, like, you have this hope. Oh, yeah, of course, at the end you see Johnny composing this really nice and beautiful paragraph. I know! I loved it because it was very earnest and it was very heartfelt. And he had put up, he had scrubbed all of those disturbing sushi photos from his Facebook profile, and he put up 
the real Johnny, which was him being a sensei and celebrating Miguel's victories. And he left that part out. But then in a tragic twist, he deletes his earnest message and he writes a dude reply. Yeah. I hated it. Oh, man. I loved it. That's like perfect. That's like, sup, you up. What was it? It was like, (laughs) nothing much. You, which is the letter U, question mark. I loved it because it's like, it. for me, it was like, like, uh, how you felt about him spitting out the sushi. It's like, he is who he is. Like, he has these moments. And honestly, like, I thought it was, like, really thoughtful that, like, he distills who he is in that paragraph, and that's good for Johnny. Like, that—that that is the progress here. He knows who he is now. Maybe Allie won't, but, like, I would rather does. him have sent the all-caps insane <laughs> manifesto than that two-line <laughs> message. But then again, I don't know. Guys, if you want to message Nina, know what she's looking for. Make me an octopus presentation and on PowerPoint. And all-caps manifesto. Jeez. Man, who doesn't is love there... one of those? God, there's nothing real in this world. <laughs> um, anyway, we will see how Allie responds. I mean, yeah, well, we'll see. And I wonder but if... But she's not busy feeling fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever really so see ridiculous. Allie or if this was just kind of like a mechanism to I like don't have th- some character I don't growth. think they would bring it up fifth and sixth yeah, episode you're right, actually. This. I think we're going to see her. And I think it's going to be good because he's not ready to be back with Carmen. I think they'll probably push that into place and have him have some sort of like final farewell with Allie. Yeah, again, he needs closure there and all that. I'm more interested actually to see Daniel's response to Allie because he's just meeting up with all the I mean, girlfriends. Daniel has so many exes that like saying goodbye to all of them would take years. But hmm. like, he, <laughs> I want to see like Amanda and him actually end on a good place in this uh, episode. Do they? I mean... We gotta talk about that last scene. Oh, that's true. Okay, let's talk about this. We'll circle back to Allie at another point. But (laughs) So we have Daniel being just smug, pompous Daniel, talking about how, like, they basically solved everything. And, and like, Amanda's, like... I I like Amanda. Like, I know what you've always said, which is that she's sort of, like, a voice of reason character, but she's got, like, a nice gloatiness here, where she's just, like, "Ah, you know... If you would, uh, if I'd been around '84, you wouldn't have so many stories to tell because I basically beat Cobra Kai in an afternoon. Not just that, but it's like Daniel. If Tornado Child hadn't come out of literally nowhere, you would be explaining the side trip to Okinawa to Amanda. You know, at a time when your business isn't yep. so hot. You didn't really save. I mean, young Daniel saved your business. You Jeez. didn't really do much. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, so Amanda's feeling pretty smug until, of course, they. Uh, they get that phone call from Greece, who still has, like, the blood of minions on his hands. And it's just like, yeah, that didn't work out, which is so dumb. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't I won't talk about that anymore. And then, of course, because Kreese is, like, in addition to being a criminal mastermind, is an insane person. Is like, you don't end a war with diplomacy. Actually, most wars end with diplomacy. <laughs> I would say almost all wars end with, like, some diplomacy. But whatever, whatever. Um, my greatest, sorry, I have to say, if they're doing this thing where Kreese is just good at everything, then I want him to actually be like, he moonlights as a judge. He's a hacker. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, Amanda and Daniel are foiled at every turn. Like they try to overturn this ridiculous lease thing. He's right there. He's Mm -hmm. the bailiff. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) He's every member of the jury. It's crazy. He's all of us. He's nowhere and everywhere. And I, I should mention before we get to like this this climax, we do get a scene of Anoush and Louis. They are great. They are so great. I, they I give, give them a Anoush. spinoff. My God, Louis is like 
eh, until he's with Anoush, and then you're like, yep, smart. Yeah. Anoush is like, gives the driest replies. <laughs> it's like, you were literally the garbage man. Um, yeah. And it's, so anyways, it's just nice to see them. But of course, the, the big reveal is that like when Kreese is like, oh, you don't end a war with diplomacy, um, you see all of the customers on the, uh, on the floor screaming and leaving because there are snakes in all of the cars in the auto dealership. Nina, how do you feel about this? <laughs> you know, I was wondering when that King Cobra would make its return because it's like, is he just... Oh, is it just the one snake? I thought there were more than Were there? Maybe it was just the one snake. I don't know. I think it's like a symbolic thing. It's like, Crease is... Crease has a way... He knows how to send a message. It's not like, you know, like... Be a Sic- snake. Yeah, the Sicilian leaves, like, half a horse head. It doesn't leave, like, multiple horse heads, you know? Yeah. It's the one. That's supposed to dilutes the message. One fish. So all these people, like, were, like went running because of one snake? I mean... It's a king cobra. You don't need. You can have a bunch of like pathetic little snakes, but you only need one king cobra to send a message. You obviously haven't sent a message in quite some time. I send messages all the time, yeah. just with you know, like rattlesnakes. Look, it's like double texting. You don't do it. It's, it seems thirsty. Okay? Yeah, okay, you don't do send fifty snakes. You send one snake. Maybe maybe you're right. I mean, how would he even get that many? Oh wait, he's crazy. He can get as many snakes as you he think wants. He has time. He's to also care a zoologist. <laughs> He knew about brumation, okay? Did you know about brumation? I did not know about brumation. Um, Okay. So anyways, the King Cobra who, if, wait, 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 can we, can we go with the theory here? Okay. Your season two theory was that (laughs) Kreese was in fact the manifestation of an actual cobra. That's true. You know, it would explain how he manages to be everywhere and nowhere. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so... I mean, we do see Kreese talking on the phone, but how do we know he's not also in that cobra? That's true. Yeah. No. We don't know that. Right? We don't know that. We may never know. But I mean, I love how Daniel... Daniel, I don't know if it's like a limit on his acting abilities, but, you know, he doesn't look that surprised or anything. I don't know. He just seems like... I feel like he left his mind in Okinawa. <laughs> like, I, I just don't feel his presence really registering. I feel like Amanda's on her own in this thing, and... um. Anyway, yeah, there is a snake loose in the dealership. It clears. They had just gotten back all of their customers, and now they're cleared out by more Cobra shenanigans. Um, How do you think Kreese got the snake in there? How? Yeah. You don't think he knows how to break in? But they have cameras. You can shut off cameras. The man fought... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay, he's like crawling he's around, a cat burglar crawling around yeah. fucking trenches of course in he's Vietnam. A cat you don't think he knows? Like, what do you think Chris has been doing thirty years? He's been getting fifteen degrees. I don't think he was cat burgling like the Viet Cong. Look, mind you, Terry Silver <laughs> hit in a chimney. Karate Kid. You know what? Three. You're right. You're right. Okay, what's wrong with me? God, um, he was on Coursera. <laughs> he's been taking some shit. He wants to build his mind, not just his muscles. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I have no response. You have won. <laughs> you have broken me. Crease has broken me. Weird. Maybe I should go to law school. Oh, anyway. God damn it. Okay. Um, I want to make sure that we covered everything. Let's see. Okay. I think we did. All that's left is to give our rating. That's true. Okay, I went first last time. It's all you this time. All right. Man, this episode was ugh, all over the place. There are parts I liked. 
but ultimately I got to give it three, three cobras hidden in cars. God damn it. Yeah. I know. That was obvious. Okay, fine. (laughs) I'll give four out of five reincarnated creases in cobras. Slightly different. Slightly different. I'll allow it. it. I'll allow it. Um, The everywhere and nowhere thing, guys, crease reincarnation theory grows more relevant every day. And if you have your own theories or want to tell us how crackpot that theory, Nina's theory is. you may follow us on Twitter at Kai underscore cast or write to us at CobraKaiNeverDiesCast at gmail.com. And as always, listeners, strike first. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.